Welcome to True Mental Health. I'm Crystal Crawford. And I'm Dr. Janine Kraft. We're here to have unique conversations about what really creates mental wellness. After years, decades of seeking, seeking what could create more ease in life and trying every modality possible. Crystal and I crossed paths and realized we had similar missions. A mission to have conversations about what creates ease, what creates well-being, and what renders us truly functional. If you know something else is possible, maybe completely different than you've ever been taught, join us on a journey to uncover what creates true mental health. Okay, well, welcome everybody uh, in Facebook land. Hi, guys, uh, to our fourth prequel episode of True Mental Health. We decided these were prequels and not like the real thing since we're still figuring out what the F we're doing. Yeah, just kind with of my, right now. Uh, yeah, with my good friend, Dr. Janine Kraft, and I'm Crystal Crawford. And oh my God, what are we talking about? Boundaries? Boundaries. <laughs> Boundaries. Okay, Where so on like, earth do we start? I, yeah, this is a thing because certainly it's like I do a ton of role play videos on this and it's what kind of went viral. So I was like, okay, this is a thing. People were like, yeah. I've heard you tell me like set a boundary, you know, speak a boundary. What is this? But people don't get it. Like they don't know what it is. So I started acting them out in a way to kind of demonstrate different possible phrases or what people could do. But then yeah. I was starting to realize that was still not enough because people were kind of like, well, you know, is the boundary too strong? Is the boundary too light? Or I tend to give in. And I was like, okay, how are we, how do we got to look at this? So this is where <laughs> I started to look. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like, this is where I instituted a like coffee metaphor for people. So basically I was saying that a super black coffee, an espresso, a red eye, all those dark coffees are those firm, non-negotiable boundaries. Like this is my no and you shall not pass kind of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. However, that's not appropriate for every situation, right? Depending on the situation, depending on the relationship, all these sorts of things. When it comes to you, bring me a donut in the morning or else. That's like a firm boundary. Red eye. Right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, well, okay. So like a lighter boundary might be like, okay, I, I'm, I would love a donut and I'm also willing to go for a waffle or I'm willing for some fruit or something. You're open for that. That's going to be more like, the latte, cappuccino, the frothier, maybe it's a vanilla cappuccino, something where you're willing to bend a little bit, right? And negotiate. Yeah. Then I went all the way to the frappuccino side of super sweet where you you don't even maybe voice it or you're aware of it because you just have the sense that something could be created greater if you didn't voice it or you're just willing to, to, to bend. So I use that spectrum just to help facilitate folks on like, what are the differences in boundaries? So how did that that's work? how we talk about in psychology. What was that? How does it work? Like, how's that how does it work? I find that it's helpful. And then there was still something missing. Like people like, well, that doesn't work for every situation. I'm like a right, because every situation is so dynamically different. If you're not yeah. tuning into the energy of what's acquired, the relationship and like taking all these other things into account, then what is that? Then you and yeah. I started talking about boundaries and you were like, you have to be the boundary. I'm like, what? <laughs> what do you mean by that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so access consciousness really changed this conversation for me. I mean, I I would say I was definitely boundary 
person. Like that was a, that was a thing that I tried to do pre-access consciousness. And I guess why it, it, it dropped out of my world pretty quick with, with the conver- with the classes and with the tools, um, mostly because I got that it required a lot of effort and judgment for me to determine what a, my boundary was. Okay. And so, so I switched pretty fast to how is this working for me? Mm. And if I were including myself here, what would be different? Because what I started to recognize is that for the most part, I was like non-existent in the equation with most of the relationships in my life. So with my mom, with my family, like I would say for me, my family relationships were kind of the most challenging. Um, And then my other relationships, I was just moving through people so fast that I didn't really have enough time. But so my family relationships for me were kind of the, the, the training ground for this. And what I recognized was that I wasn't, I had never really included myself in those, in the equation. And I only recognized that because I would get, you know, you get stuck on something or something occurs and you're, you're stuck by it. And then someone will ask you something, well, what's going to really work for you here? And you realize that you've never looked at that. You've only looked at kind of maybe where you've been being hurt or what's unacceptable to you or what just isn't right. But you've never really kind of taken that next step and gone, well, what does what would work for me if I was really including and, and that's the thing about us as we typically start recognizing what isn't working before we start looking at what could work. So we end up creating kind of this, um, I don't know what the words are, but it's like, well, I don't like this and I don't like this and this isn't right. And this isn't right. We kind of back ourselves into this func- like non-functional corner, trying to create something that works by doing that, but then ending up with not a lot of choice. And that was the thing that, wasn't working. And so that's why I started changing the question into something more inclusive of myself, you know? Yeah. The thing that's pinging me was based on what you said, it required a lot of effort and judgment. And I was like, okay, because that kind of blew my head open. Like, what is that? Well, I have to go into, are they choosing the right or wrong thing? Then I have to choose the right or wrong thing. And what even is that? And then people kind of get you know, locked up in this stronghold of like, well, this is my boundary. Well, this is my boundary. It's like, well, where is what's pragmatic or what's going to work here? So can you talk a little bit more on like what you mean by the effort and judgment? Because that's what I was getting from it. I think I can. I'm probably going to talk about it sideways. I mean, (laughs) like, I guess, so what I love, what I look at with the boundary conversation is like, when you say something like, well, this is my boundary, Mm -hmm. this is my boundary. If you look at that from an energetic, if you look at the energetic of it, if you look at the energy of that statement, even the very first thing that I look at with everything is like, is that a light thing? Does it create more space? Does it create more movement or does it create heaviness, density and a rigidity? So I actually Mm. look at it first from an energetic point of view. Is it, is it malleable or is it rigid? Anything that institutes more rigidity or more structure is going to take more work to uphold. It literally is going to require you to add more rigidity, add more structure, add more effort, because that's really what effort of effort is the decision that I have to put in this much effort in order to accomplish. 
And and that's but that's what we do in order to try to cope, right? Like we we put in these rigid structures in place in the hopes that that will then make our life a, a better place to be, right? Well, and and so I had a lot of those in place, like you know, this is not right. And this is unacceptable. That was a famous saying in my family, like, this is unacceptable, right? And that's unacceptable. And this is wrong. And this, so all these structures, all these decisions that past this point, everything past this point is not okay. But what that wasn't giving me any access to were, was the flexibility, the malleability of creating something that could be functional. It just would mm -hmm. get to that point And then it was over. And I was like, is that all that's, was that all that's possible? And I had so many of those that it ended up, I ended up having a lot of non-functional scenarios a lot. And that's what, that's what caught my attention was like taking a lot of energy to keep these rigid structures in place. And on top of that, it's ending scenarios where maybe there's something else possible, but I've never looked at it. So then what else is possible? So that's what I mean by talking about it sideways. Cause yeah. it's like, Yeah. Well, I'm getting like there's something about like having to come to conclusion and then almost because you've decided this is what my boundary is and this is what I decided that I have to stick to it or it's like there's no question there in what else is possible or that I could change my mind. It's kind of like and even, you know, it's like I was attempting to get at that with using the coffee metaphor of like, well, sometimes, you know, you do want a dark coffee and other times you want a sweeter coffee depending on right. what's going on. And so being yeah. able to be more malleable um, rather than this is at the end. Um, Cause I get the sense when people start to implement boundaries, if they're so used to being the people pleasers and just saying yes to everything that they can almost swing pendulum swing to the other yeah. side and just be like, oh, yeah. no, no, that doesn't work for me. No. And it's like, well, what is that creating too? Because it also creates the separation. Right. Well, so, so that's the thing I think that's really important. That's why I, what is English? <laughs> But that's, I mean, that's the thing I think is so important about adding it, just having a totally different question in your world, because it is, it, it can be about the pendulum swing. It's like, well, I'm moving from making everybody happy to like, I'm not doing that anymore. Or I, there was a period of time where I was seeing so many posts on Facebook of like, I'm, I forget how it was even said, because I can't remember shit, but you know, like drawing the line in the sand and no more narcissists and no more abusive people. And these yeah. people are out of my life. Yes. I would hear Gary talk about like, do you know how much energy it takes for an infinite being to shut people out of their life? Like mm. megatons of energy. Because in reality, if everything's energetic, there is no separation. So to invent a separation, you have to use all this energy. And I think that's the thing that got me. I was like, that is a lot of energy. And I actually really want to create a different reality yeah. for myself. And I want to have more money and I want to have more fun and all this. And if I'm spending all my energy inventing all these separations so that I can have myself. Is that working? Is it effective? Is there another way? And so the, so what I started to really look at was like, what is a reality of receiving every energy with no point of view? I was like, mm -hmm. well, that's different. Like, what is, does that make me a doormat? No. Okay. So in that reality of receiving every energy with no point of view, I have still have total choice. So how does that work? Well, I can choose to have this energy in my life or not have this energy in my life, but it's not from the judgment or the structure or the invention of a separation. It's just, yeah, that doesn't really work for me. Thanks, but no thanks. It's really more like, I want to give you a shit pie. And you're like, no, I don't really eat shit pie. I'll just put that over here. <laughs> then, um, 
no, this doesn't align with my belief system. And that where you then have to uphold and maintain and put all this energy into upholding a belief system. It's not about that. It's just yeah. like, I don't need shit by. Thanks. No, thanks. <laughs> You know? Yeah, I was just getting like the difference in the energy there where you were talking about before being being the boundary where it's just kind of like, no, that doesn't work for me, including you in the process, and not necessarily going to the separation energy of like, no, I'm never doing that again. And you this can never happen. And whatever that energy is, where it also comes into like controlling others as well, and yes. also projecting that they're wrong, ultimately, yeah. for what they're choosing. Yeah. And then and what does really that create? Well, and then I, what I always found is that if I'm projecting that you're wrong, I have the underlying point of view that I'm wrong. Talk more about that, please. That's always something for me. Because if I have to put it so far out there that what you're doing is wrong, I have a judgment about what you're doing. But you can only mm -hmm. judge something that you've been or done. We can't mm -hmm. judge anything. If you look at things you have no point of view about, they're so easy. It's like, yeah. So examples, I'll give you a feminine example. So there's some girls that just have... Some girls that are with guys that look at other girls, right? And they have no point of view about it. They have no point of view if their partner like checks everybody else out. As long as they're coming home with them at night, they're like easy. There's mm. other women that have a huge point of view about that. It's like a deal breaker. It is like the end of the relationship. So, I mean, that's just one example of like an entire spectrum of possibility when it comes to that one point of view. Like, yeah. There is, it is possible to have no point of view about it, and it is possible to have a total point of view about it, and everything in between, and this person creates with this, and this person creates with that, which means there's more possibilities than what's going on in my world about it. And so I think that was another segue. <laughs> anyway, but, oh, so, but, so I started, so on that note, I started looking at, for me, that was a deal breaker. And I was like, mm -hmm. and, and so it was creating all this, we moved to a new country and we were dealing with new cultures and all these things. And I started to find all these areas in my life where I had a, I had a deal breaker. They were my boundaries. I'm like, this is just not okay. There's nowhere in my yeah. world where this is okay. And I could find 82,000 other people to back me up and validate my point of view. Mm -hmm. And I was, I sat with that for a few months because I was like, I really want to be right about this. And that's the thing about boundaries. You usually want to be right about it. But then what's right underneath that is the judgment that it's not okay for me. I'm not okay. I'm not okay. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to protect and not expose what <clears throat> I judge about me by deciding that what you're doing to trigger this not okay feeling in me is unacceptable. So it's this whole creation and invention to like not oh, expose wow. what I yeah. judge about me. Because if I went right underneath where I was being very adamant and very right about this thing, right underneath that was this vulnerability that I wasn't good enough, I wasn't enough, and this was proof. So that, I guess, I don't know when I started recognizing that a boundary indicated that but when I did discover it, I started looking underneath where I was being so rigid because I don't really, as a being, have a lot of rigidity. I have a lot of malleability. So when I'm doing rigidity, mm -hmm. that's that's out of character, essentially. Yeah. And what's there? Yeah. <clears throat> Frog in my throat. <clears throat> I'm getting the like the sequence or entities. What's happening? Um <laughs> Oh, about them. It's a pretty charged topic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's like a throw. It's like, nah. um, so I'm looking at the kind of the sequence of it that you were talking about. Whereas before it's like, okay, someone does something and then I have to judge 
is that behavior right or wrong? And then am I willing to accept it? Accept it, not even be an allowance of it, which is more judgment, right? Because it's or resist it. So we only have two choices. First of all, you have two choices about the behavior. Is it right or wrong? And then if it's right or wrong, you have the two only two choices. Do I accept it or resist it? Yep. So okay, cool. So accept it or resist it. So it's like and nowhere am I included in that process, no, right? No, you're it's not like even looking at you're not even looking at your world. Yeah. Yeah. Are they right? Or I have to resist and go into fight about it. And so that's where I guess I'm getting that like how psychology talks about boundaries. You already got something. Well, no, but I wanted to go back because this was really great mm-hmm. how you were breaking it down. So if you look at right before you start to try to decide if it's right or wrong. Yeah. In that moment, what's occurred? There's a hitch in your gift somewhere. Yeah. You're like, Ugh! or you've just observed somebody behaving in a certain way. Again, hitch in your gitch. You're like, Ugh, this thing. Yeah. What is that? Right there. That's awareness. Mm-hmm. Now, boundaries are what we've invented to try to cope with awareness because nobody's taught us that we're aware that mm-hmm. right, right in that moment, we became aware of something and it hitched our gitch. Now, we didn't go to awareness school. Nobody was teaching us to ask questions about that or even telling us we were aware, they taught us right and wrong. So we go to the first place that we know to look, which is, okay, I have this sensation, something just occurred. The only tools I've been given are, is this right or wrong? And, and then what to do with that? Well, I can only accept it or, well, I, if it's wrong, I can't, I can't condone that. Yeah. So it's and like then awareness we, and then what? We and go then into like what? And, computation about it, thinking about it. Trying to cope with our awareness because we didn't ever get, we weren't ever taught that it was awareness in the first place. And that's the thing I started to pay attention to, even with this example I gave earlier, mm. with like girls looking at other whatever. You know, it's like what I became aware of in those moments was awareness of what? Judgment. Okay, cool. Is it mine? Could be one of the first questions. Mm-hmm. Is what I just became aware of even mine? No. Is anything required? Could be another question. No. But if you don't cope with that energy as awareness, then you're down the boundary path immediately. Yeah, because you have no other options. You have no other options. You've not been shown anything else. Yeah. So in that moment, then what would it look like? Like more of asking a question when you recognize rather than going into the judgment of their behavior? Yeah. And this is where it just takes practice because Mm -hmm. like, you know, if like this is the first time you're hearing this conversation or even if it isn't the first time, um, you know, it takes a lot of practice. Like I've got, I was very, very practiced at going to conclusions about yeah. awareness. So I had to practice the, I just even had to practice the muscle of that I'm aware, which is why we give yeah. everybody ask for for three full days, ask for every single thought, every single feeling, every single sensation that hitch in your gitch, ask it, are you mine? Because that starts to remind you that you might be more aware than you think you are. It starts to remind you, it starts to install, instill into your own world a different practice, a different habit, a different muscle. And then from there come more questions of like, well, is, if this isn't mine and it's still there, then what what else is possible? What, what is yeah. this? What can I do with it? Can I change it? Exactly. <laughs> so... Well, and how many times have you said like, you know, before, even when I'm, you know, doing sessions with you and it's like, well, who does this belong to? It's like, yeah, they forgot it again. You know, and then what you're saying about practicing the muscle of awareness, because we haven't been taught it, it's just going to take some time to do that over and over again. 
it's taken me 10 years and I still forget. And I don't mean that to discourage anybody. I just mean like, it's what I'd ask everybody watching is like, first of all, is it, how is it, you got to first start to look with anything that you're already doing. How is it working? So if you guys watching this are doing a lot of boundaries, look at the, look at it pragmatically. If you can like yeah. take the emotion out of it and go, okay, I've set a lot of boundaries with this person. How's, how's the relationship? Is it easy? Is it hard? Does it have a lot of, you know, is it jerky? Is it kind of like being on a roller coaster? Like, what's it like? I've set a lot of boundaries with this person, or I'm not talking to this person. How's that working? Do you have a lot of ease with it? Is it, or is it hard? Is it taking a lot of energy? Like, assess mm -hmm. how mm -hmm. it's working first. That's the first thing to shine the light of consciousness on is how's it working? That's it. Because from there, you have more information and you can kind of look at if it's even worth looking in a different direction. Maybe boundaries are working for you. Okay, cool. Just hang up the phone and keep doing what you're doing. But if it's, if you're not having, I wasn't having personally the level of success that I was told I would have if I instituted boundaries, I was having a lot of difficulty in my relationships. Yeah. And that's just what got me looking at it. And then, so from there, that's what I would look at is right before you go to set a boundary, what occurs? What's the energy that you then respond to with boundaries? What is that energy? Is it yours? What did you become aware of? Um, you know, is anything required or is acknowledging that it's awareness, did that change it? You know? And well, and it's like people aren't taught to read the energy, no. right? That's like not even, that's not even a conversation at all. No. And so even when I was looking at how you asked, because that was something that I was having to learn when I first started working with you, because I was like, oh, I guess it's more about the energy. You're like, everything, like it's all about the energy. Because I was like trying to get the right wording, right? Oh, well, if I just ask this correctly, and it's like, no, because I, I heard it so different when you said, well, how is this working? There wasn't a like, this is the right thing. This is the wrong thing. It was just like, how is this working so that you can actually have full information, full awareness to what you're looking at? Because that's really what I'm getting is like, immediately when we block our awareness by deciding what's right or wrong, now I have to like, mutilate myself into deciding what I think is going to work here, but I've already blocked what I could know because I've already gone into judgment about it. Yeah. You're already functioning from a premise that is, it's just incorrect. It's like, you've already yeah. judged it. And so from that you have, then everything else gets created from that first judgment. And, and that's the, that's the trap of judgment, you know, and we just don't, it's, we do it so fast. We don't even know we're doing it. And that's why looking at how it works, how it's working is so effective because you don't have to go in and looking, looking for how many judgments am I doing? Just go look at what's occurring you know, take stock and look at it and then sit with that and go, okay, so if this isn't working, what else could work better? Like, what could I yeah. choose that would work better? Would it, would it be easier to start to acknowledge, to teach myself, to start teaching myself this awareness thing, you know, like maybe I'm not fucked up. Maybe I've just been taught something that just isn't functional. That's the thing I keep finding about, like, that's why we're having these conversations about true mental health. It's like, yeah we were led down a lot of paths that were only semi-functional or sort of functional or functional sometimes. And I was like, well, there's got to be a way for things to function that can work. And then what I recognize is that you have to have total malleability in order for things to work. And so where do you start with that? And to me, the starting place has been start with who does it belong to for three full days? Start, just start practicing, noticing what, and that it's occurring and that it might not be yours, that you might just be picking it up and then, you know, and then go from there. Yeah. Yeah. 
The the other piece that I'm getting to is that when people start to hear these conversations, it's kind of like, okay, so if I'm I'm in allowance and I'm not judging what other people are doing, then I then it's kind of like I just have to take it. Like there's this almost like, do I just have to lie down and take it? I'm like, no, it's not that. And you're gonna include yourself in the conversation of like, well, what what works for you? Does this work for you? Does this not work for you? What are your I, thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I mean, I think personally the thing to get is that for when you first start looking at all this, you're going to just do it wrong. From your point of view, you're going to mm. do it wrong. You're going to lie down too much and you're going to take it. And you're going to yeah. like, it's all going to, it's, you might feel a little bit fucked up at the beginning of this because what, what we're really inviting you to with these consciousness conversations is a totally different way of functioning. And in the beginning, it's going to be really weird. This is going to feel awkward. It's going to be like learning how to walk as a two-year-old again. And frustrating because you thought you already knew how to walk and but that wasn't working so now you have to learn how to walk again and so i think just getting that the process is going to feel clunky is really helpful um and then somebody just said no swearing i'm like you don't need me on this show <laughs> well that's like look at that because what what is that but a judgment right away about it being yeah. wrong it's just no no, no. Like there's it. definitely definitely gonna be swearing just so you guys know um and somebody else said i'm so judgy um and that's the thing is like we do at the bottom of it think that we're pretty judgmental mm-hmm. i thought i was really judgmental and what i ended up discovering was that i wasn't judgmental i was aware of judgment times ago mm-hmm. mm-hmm. well everything that i thought was mine everything i thought i was doing and it's not that i can't do judgment because i can but every single time that i ask myself that question i was like it well, i'm doing judgment is it mine it was always no i was never doing my judgment i was always doing somebody else's judgment and that's where starting to ask myself like okay well do i have a point of view about this because i'm so accustomed to doing this judgment in this area is it mine? No. Well, then what is my point of view about this? And that's, I never asked myself that question because I had just been so busy doing everybody else's judgments and that had created what it had created. And as I started noticing that wasn't working, then I got to go, well, it's not even mine. What Mm -hmm. is my point of view about this? What do I even want to create here? So if we're always just like maybe tuning in to what other judgments people are doing, then does the judgment because sometimes I'm like, no, it originates within me. I have this judgment. Like if some of it, you know, I ask the question, who does this belong to? And a chunk is lightens up and goes away. But there's like a chunk that stays heavy. It's like, what is that? Like, I know you've said, like, what is the lie here that I'm looking at? But at some point, it's like, I've decided some judgment originates with within me. And I know that yeah. people ask me that question. So I'm wondering, like, where we could create ease with that when people are like holding on. This is my judgment, like wanting to hold on to it. Well, the question that I ask for anything, I mean, the reason I, so I started a a free thing that you guys can play in called Infinite Being School and infinitebeingschool.com. But the reason I started that is because we don't get what it is to be an infinite being. And the reason I say that is because Mm -hmm. one of the questions I ask myself when I can't seem to let go of or whatever it is that's heavy won't change is, well, would an infinite being do judgment? Yes or no? And when I ask that question, I get more of a sense of, well, an infinite being wouldn't do this. For what reason am I? Because we hold on to things. Things don't hold on to us. We hold on to them. And we hold on to them well, for all kinds of reasons. Can you say that again? Well, like, yeah. I heard it, but I didn't hear it. <clears throat> yeah. Things, what was that that you said? Yeah. Things don't hold on to us. We hold on to them. Hmm. Still melted my brain. So... 
with that, I mean, again, don't believe anything I say. Look out what makes you lighter is true for you. What makes you heavier is not true for you. So if that makes you heavy, carry on. If that makes you lighter, then go with it. And like, so if we're holding on to this thing, there's, there's value to it for us. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're holding on to any point of view, there's value to it. So, you know, would an infinite being believe this about themselves? Yes or no. Would an infinite being have a point of view about this? Yes or no. Would an infinite. And that's a question that I use a lot to start to get a sense of something that's, that is me that I haven't been functioning as, right? I've been functioning as this finite thing over here that's got all these limiting limitations, but that's not actually true about me. So to get a sense of what could possibly be true for me that I don't know is true for me, I will ask, well, would an infinite being do this, yes or no? And then I get a clearer sense of something I'm holding onto that's valuable to me for that reason. And then you can kind of go from there. Yeah, but again, we haven't been taught this, right? It's like we haven't been taught to be We haven't been taught to be aware. We haven't taught we're an infinite being. So it's just like, like you said, taken 10 years to just really even like function yeah. differently, to reprogram, to start to function from this space. That's like, a gift. It takes what it takes. And that's the gift of access consciousness for me is like, you can start with simple things that actually end up being pretty reality shattering and in a great way that start to give you access. And you can just then go as far down the rabbit hole as you want. You can have as much awareness as you want, but the key and the, the, uh, the gift beyond boundaries is awareness. And from awareness, you can, you have so many more choices yeah yeah mm. there's a question here we could touch on real quick so do you oh. feel like understanding the why we are holding on to something is an important step or something that can be bypassed well so what i always look at with why is like is it functional to look at the why yeah where did where do you go when you're looking for why does it take you somewhere that gives you more space does it take you somewhere that creates more or do you have to go looking for the reason and the justification for why you chose something? And what does that create? Yeah. What I discovered personally with why was that um, I was always with why looking for the reason I chose something as if that was going to create something for me. And it never did. So I stopped looking for why. I just look for that. It occurred now. I chose it because I chose it because I chose it. Gave me more freedom than I chose it because of this never gave me freedom. In fact, it always mm. stuck me in the past somewhere. Um, it would make me feel justified and right, but justification and rightness never gave me more freedom. So personally, I just started looking for the things that would give me freedom. And why didn't do that for me? So that's how I do it now. Yeah, I love that, especially because like, you know, in traditional therapy, there is a lot of looking at the why and it's like, mm -hmm. you could look forever and hypothesize this hypothesize that and just really be focused on that but to me it's like just continuing to strengthen the neural pathways that you're really not wanting to continue to put your attention on versus what else could i choose here and like kind of making that hard right turn and starting to prune away those pathways that's kind of where i'm at it at with it yeah and one of the things we talk about in access and we can sort of wrap up i guess after this because like, clearly i can we can all keep talking <laughs> um, we talk about don't listen to tell or buy the story and in the beginning mm -hmm. I, that's one of the keys to freedom, not rightness, freedom. And in the beginning, I was a little offended by that because I had lots of stories, and lots of reasons. But when I started to kind of dive into this tool as a possibility, I started to look at, well, when I'm ever looking for why I've done something, I'm looking to justify why it happened or to find the reason why I can't. 
And those two things just always led to a dead end. They didn't lead to more choices. They didn't lead to more possibilities. They didn't lead to any creativity. And so I adopted Don't Listen to Tell Her by the Story as a way of living to see what it would create. And what I found is that there were times I didn't want to be that empowered. Mm. Like when the times when I did want to tell the story were the times I really didn't want to be that empowered. I really wanted to have like an out. And if, when I would force myself to be empowered, which is awful, but, and awesome, (laughs) you know, by saying, well, I just chose it because I chose it because I chose it. I was so uncomfortable, but it made me sit with the fact that I chose it. And it made me look at, if I wanted to choose anything else. And that's actually what created change in my life. So some of this stuff, you know, seems to fly in the face of all these really healthy things, but you've mm-hmm. got to look at if the healthy things are giving you the spectrum of choice, if they're empowering you, or if you even care about that, and whether or not you want to have more power. And that's the thing you've got to kind of be with and go, okay, if I really want to be empowered here is finding out why I'm going to do it. Does it matter? Do you want to be right or do you want to be free? And sometimes just, I just want to validate my rightness. And it's kind of just for me. It's like just like my favorite thing. (laughs) I know. It's just like being aware that I'm in that space and not going into judgment and that I'm choosing it. And it's cool. And what else could I choose? I could choose to be more empowered. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Thank you guys so much. I mean, thanks for your questions. And thank you. I adore you so much. Yeah. And so these are kind of our prequel episodes. We're getting ourselves really organized and official here in the next few weeks. Some sort of rhythm of whatever this is. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We'll just keep showing up. (laughs) Yeah. But if you guys got anything out of it and you want to share it, that would be awesome. And uh, otherwise. Yes. Thank you you so much, everyone. Yeah. We'll see you next week. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have a request. If you found benefit from today's episode, we'd be so grateful if you would subscribe leave us a review or share it with someone you know would benefit. Until next time.